broadcasting from across the North American continent of the Terran Empire, bringing you our unpopular Star Trek opinions since 2020. This is Code 47. Back again, lucky episode 53. Yes, I just made that up. I don't think there's anything inherent. <laughs> I don't think there's anything inherently lucky about the number of 53, but but we got a great show for you. This is the Code 47 podcast on the Secret Friends Unite Podcasting Network. Uh, I am Charlie Carden. I am captain of the USS Grand Petoskey, the uh, Michigan chapter, a Michigan chapter, excuse me, a Michigan chapter, I should say, of the Starfleet International Fan Club based here in West Michigan. And I am with my faithful uh, communications officer uh, who is actually in the wilds of Minnesota doing some, tre- doing some trekking. Uh, the Rich, Rich, how the heck are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. We're uh, we're getting ready to go on vacation, the wife and I. So we're, you know, awesome. we're wrapping up some stuff, doing some podcast stuff and getting stuff in order but yeah that's that's yeah. my that's my jam right now I'm i hear you go some hot some vacation you know vacation that's good mm-hmm. stuff man and with and with as challenging things have been in in the business that you guys run recently I, it sounds like it's well well earned so that's awesome yeah yeah especially for my wife yeah she's oh been very busy goodness. that's crazy so uh we're gonna do something a little special up top of this episode earlier in the week rich you had shared with me and then you had done some posts on social media uh about some of the goods uh that you uh have in your possession that belonged to your godmother who was mm-hmm. your gateway individual yeah. as it will as so many of us do have that story of the person that got us into star trek she is yours uh and then we talked a little earlier today about you possibly showing some of these off so it's all you my yeah. friend oh, thanks man thanks yeah she was my pusher right <laughs> the, pu- the pusher man back, like back in the back in the late 70s she got me going on the original trek and uh the first the first trek movie the the uh, motion picture her Ooh. name is mary Kohut. i'm going to show you a picture of her that's uh this is her right here. She is a lifelong Trek fan. She passed away in 20, I want to say 2013. No, no, that's not right. Cause she has some books from later than that, but so, somewhere around 2013, 2015. I'm okay. Not a hundred percent sure. My, my, my memory is hazy of those years. Um, but she left me a literal crap ton of Trek merchandise that she collected over the years not not the least of which is her collection of books which is incomplete but um i've made it my personal mission to now complete that those sets um all of them so we're gonna i'm gonna get i'm gonna try and get her uh get her books completed as like a tribute to her to to we call her chacha mary she's ukrainian chacha means aunt Mm -hmm. um so that's uh so I, I started going through some of the boxes. I had gone through the books. I'd picked out some ones that I wanted to have on my shelf. And then and then I started to feel like, you know, I really want to go through everything. I want to, I want to go through it all and see what there is. So the first box that I opened up had this in it. Ooh, I've got that. You got that? This is a, yep. a, this is a Pez set. And it is from... I think it would be right around 2015. I would think. Was it or, 2015, or, or is okay. it longer? No, you yeah. know what? I I, I have a. Th- I I think based on the artwork on the front, which 
when Diamond Select was putting out some figures at that time, it was like 2000, 2008, 2009. So I think okay. it was a little earlier. It was when there was that big marketing blip when the JJ movie came out. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, that 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 they were marketing the original series because of the tie-in. That'd be sure, sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> either way, I wouldn't eat the Pez candy at this point. So. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. She also has a ton of mugs. I'm just going to share with you the, one of the mugs here. This one's the uh, the original Woo! TOS Enterprise. She was a big TOS fan. And then, of course, it says on the back of the mug has the Enterprise. Um, in, that, in, that, in that 1978 Superman uh, right. logo, right. you know, peel off there. Which later they translated into later seasons of TNG. Yeah. Uh, yep. it, it, it got had the woo, which, yeah. Yeah. Just made and it more exciting. Is- this is a cool one here. This is a, a deck of cards. It's a Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan deck of cards. And I opened it up after I sent the picture to you uh, the other day. And it is, it's still in the plastic. That's it's awesome. never been opened. I'm not going to open these, it. but they're, I'm, I'm sure they're fantastic. I, I, I love the idea. Of I them. can imagine probably the back of each one is maybe a picture from the movie or. Yeah. Just a, it seems yeah. like that. Yeah. The Joker has a picture of the Reliant on it. So. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. How awesome. And then a couple other things here. Just, uh, I just want to share this one. This is the Star Trek alarm clock. Uh, this thing is, this thing's old. This is from at least the eighties. Yeah. This is. No, no, excuse me. Not as old as I thought, 1993. But she had this out when I was a kid. Oh, this man. This was her alarm clock when I was a kid, when I was a teenager. I like and, it. And um, there's no batteries in it, but I will, I'm will. i going to try and put batteries in it at some point and see if it does the beam me up thing. See and if then, it comes to life. Then the uh, I wanted to share a couple of quick items from her book collection. This one here, I don't know if you've seen this book. I have, and it has yeah. the it has the red like paper, but yeah, so it looks like a book from the sixties. It's yeah. a pulp, it's a pulp novel looking book, but pulp it's man, about yeah, it's it's a Sam Cogley adventure or I mystery. Love it. Sam Cogley mystery, the guy that was uh, Kirk's um, lawyer during the court martial in the TOS. yeah, yeah. And then there's this little number. Oh, I remember loving that one. First edition, <laughs> bought on the day it came out. I don't know if you can see that. Slip. That's oh, her. That's ten, the ten four of eighty nine, which is actually tomorrow. Yeah, believe it or yeah, not. That's the, right. The, the day this episode comes out because we record on yeah. Sundays to pump it out on Monday. Yeah. So now, how cool is that? She and she yeah. was always that way. She was always, I will buy it the day it comes out. I remember when I was a kid, she bought one of the books when she when she came down to visit us. We went to the bookstore and yeah. she bought one of the books, one of the brand new ones. Yeah. And she stayed up all night and read the whole damn thing. That's like uh, like Harry Potter with my wife and and my stepkids. Yeah. They were that before I knew them. They were that way with Harry Potter. Yeah, buy the buy the book at midnight, read it all night. I know your wife's a big Harry Potter fan, so I'm sure you know what I'm talking. She about. She is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 I do. But yeah. So I, I appreciate you letting me uh, put her out there in the universe. She is oh, absolutely. Uh, she is. She is very influential for my my fandom, not just of Star Trek, but of everything. She taught me to love who I am and what I love. So. That's awesome. God, well, and the name one more time. Uh, Mary Kohut. Chacha Mary. Chacha Mary, patron saint of Code 47 and of Rich's <laughs> podcasting uh, <laughs> dynasty as as at large. So, well, cool. I am uh, I'm going to utilize a feature of the show that I've not utilized before. Okay. 
That was super fun to use the pause feature. Rich and I were both uh, super guilty of not uh, doing the homework for the first news story. No, there was a uh, – we're obviously talking into the news now. Uh, we have uh, three little featurettes this week. The first one is the, a little a 14-second commercial for Star Trek Prodigy, which we are going to have in now less than a month. It's just three weeks away. Really looking forward to it. But, uh, yeah, you're seeing the, the Prodigy kids, the, the wacky kids, um, thinking about with their ship, which is called the Proto Protostar? Oh, my gosh. Yes, the, the yeah, Protostar. Protostar I, yeah. I see. I'm, al- I'm already remembering. Though I probably couldn't tell you any of their names just yet. Though Murph is one of them. Murph is one of them. Murph is and the blob, right? He's the, Murph is the blob. That's yeah. D-, D. Bradley Baker, the famous uh, cartoon voice actor. So, um and again, what can you learn out of 14 seconds? But it's it's fun. He's like, oh, you got to fix this thing or whatever. And he's like, I, you're the engineer. Well, what's your job? I thought I was the captain or whatever. It's just, it's funny. It's <laughs> it's kids. It's teenagers. You know what I mean? Yeah, so this but, is going to be good. You're going you're gonna to be watching this with Miles. I, uh, I or you talked about wanting to. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We're going to, awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to, like I said, the animated shows are going to be my way of like trying to, you know, get him to. Jump on the bandwagon with us. <laughs> I I have a two full uh, a, a two pronged uh, goal with this show is that I would like to integrate my sixteen year old son uh, into enjoying Star Trek, which he just like yes. oh that's something Dad likes blah blah blah. But I did take him <laughs> along on our photo shoot that we did for the club last weekend, and he likes getting out and doing that stuff uh, and <laughs> just hanging around and seeing everything. But the Star Trek, you know, he's very embroiled in loving Sonic the Hedgehog and loving he loves MCU Spider Man like nobody's business oh sure but i would love to involve him a little bit more with that so and then the other thing was i was uh you know my friend miranda has two kids she has an eight-year-old son and i was down there this week and he made mention of something like well i saw a commercial for something star trek and he was you know in his eight-year-old logic he was a little fuzzy about it i think maybe he was talking about star wars visions because he said something about anime but maybe he meant animated so i was trying to tell him about this and i just was getting like "Eh," but they have paramount (laughs) plus they have paramount plus they use our login so which not to be repeated um so i'm (laughs) gonna try to gently like nudge him along to see if i can you know get him watching too so he's actually a member of our chapter he's one of our cadets his name is connor bolton great kid um so we'll see but yeah i'm excited about this you know i i I feel that i'll have the ability to kind of to watch this with the, the zest of a child so uh, i'd look forward to it yeah it definitely looks more appropriate i guess and and it, it's weird for me to talk like that because i'm definitely not the most appropriate person in my personal life but this for me i think trek has a specific reputation to uphold you know, mm-hmm. and this seems like it upholds that reputation, so. right? Unlike uh, other things that we might talk about potentially later in this program. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, thinking about things that are a little bit more traditional Star Trek, uh, we are uh, we got some some images this week, and it's it's weird this um, this headline is deceptive. Set images from Star Trek Picard season three hint at a new ship and more, but we're doing season two, so is that oh production? Production wrapped, and these this is jumping even even far further than that. Or am I just yeah. am I just misunderstanding? Okay, no, I think I think Picard, they're in the middle of working on season three at this point, right? Gotcha. Or oh, they, okay. 
<laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It says, yeah. So during these last uh, few weeks, uh, executive producers have been sharing images from the set, assuming these images are for season three. I don't know that I would make that assumption because the show's not been out yet. So re- re- regardless, I mean that that could that could be a, a nit to pick or a tapestry that we don't want to tug on. But uh, well, regard, I mean, what, go ahead, please. Well, based on what we know about season two, they're going back in. Yeah, time. It, it's not very Starfleety, or right. It's, so or it's I mean, all Starfleet. Yeah, it's Nazi yeah. stuff to use the term. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, I mean, this. I mean, this could very well be. You know the. Okay. The th- I mean, if you look at there's a picture of the hypo spray and like right. you know the various you know um, medicines and stuff like that, and it looks pretty future, even more future than you know. Right. Right. As as, as it's supposed to, because. Uh, Star Trek Picard is set at a timeline that we're entering the 25th century. So things, right. you know, just like technology that we've seen in the show. And again, there's some variations because, you know, TOS had the, had the, you know, the styrofoam sets and the rocks and stuff and the, and the right. things were very piecemeal. And that has been reimagined moving into discovery and now moving into strange new worlds, which again, I'm absolutely fine with because I've said this before. I don't think that you could rebuild the TOS Enterprise Bridge, like they have done at that museum in New York State in Ticonderoga, and put right. that on television and have people go, "What the hell is this?" You know, <laughs> mo- mo- modern audiences just—they're just not going to dig it. So you do have to modernize, and then you have to remember that it's a television show and suspend your disbelief a little bit, and then just calm the f down. You know right. what I mean? And not but there are people out there that just, they just don't have the capacity. So there we are. But, um, but I have been aching. I was aching all through the first season of Picard. To be like, show me Starfleet. I love Starfleet. I'm a Starfleet guy mostly because I'm a cosplayer. I love uniforms. So I want to see new uniforms. I do like the two variations of Starfleet uniforms that they gave us in season one of Picard. One being the current time frame, the other one being 15 years prior when when Picard quit Starfleet. It was, right. a, sli- it was a slightly different one, which we saw in a couple of different flashbacks. So um, hopefully they won't have a... A, another variation like they did like with this discovery in season three they had the gray one yeah. and i skipped that because the I, I now own and it was featured in the photos that my friend joe shot of us uh last weekend um they've taken that same exact style but they've added color back to it so mine is red command red right. um with that stripe down the middle and it's it's a that's a really a warm one too so that's gonna be a good one for those winter cosplays but it was a, <laughs> it was a little hot last weekend but but yeah i mean i'm aching to see more more starfleet stuff and this gives you kind of a glimpse of uh, an msd or master systems display that shows a ship but it right in the middle has the screen of death warp drive offline so they're yeah. just still spoiling <laughs> it for us so um rich you were a big lover of picard weren't you you really enjoyed watching yeah it, i really yeah. enjoyed it yeah a ton i'm looking forward to season two if you scroll down a little bit there's there's some pictures that we saw last week i think probably with the uh, the alien eating and then the uh the boson's missile whistle and the um the uh, neon sign from gotcha. the, from Star Trek Three. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, I mean, I think this is just a, a photo dump of yeah. uh, of some stuff. But yeah, this is it's it's you know I like getting the little teases. I don't want to get spoiled. I'm looking forward to it. I'm right. ready. I'm ready. So <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to take it on. Well, are you ready uh, for a little story about swag? Now, I have not owned a Tribble, with the exception of the fact that. Uh, on our cat tree, there was a dangler that got torn loose 
uh, and it floats around the house of the floor of this house that looks exactly like a triple. And when the cats <laughs> when the cats find it, they get invested in it again. But I will always very finally remember my one of my my girlfriends in college. Her name is Bree Fowler, and we still stay in touch. She's actually a uh, she's actually an on air talent for she worked for Consumer Report. She's still a journalist, oh, cool. which was which was what we did back in those days. But we stay in touch. She lives in the greater New York uh, City area. Uh, but she gave me as a gift a little uh, a triple in like a little circular and closed plastic case which is long gone i have no idea what happened to it i I hope i hope it's at the bottom of a bin somewhere that i'm just not aware of but um but yeah i mean that was during the you know great marketing blush of the 90s when star trek was in its first golden era and i i really feel like we're we're obviously from a production standpoint entering really a second golden era where we have just a lot of great programming and a lot of great programming when it comes to something like star trek or star wars or marvel uh results in some fair to middle to really fun marketing um sure. and in this we're getting back triples we're getting uh instead of just being the small lightly colored you know basically the size of your hand kind of triples we're now getting a little bit more giant size ones which kind of reminds me of the uh the the short treks with uh, with edward with h john benjamin as the snotty scientist who weaponized triples did you ever did you end up seeing that one i haven't seen that one you know we had talked for a while about doing an episode about the short trek stuff but we never it, did it never materialized and, and that's a, that's a great idea in, in the pantheon of this program that was done with myself and and alex who launched the show oh. with me and, and todd however I'm a firm believer in the fact that it could be absolutely be done again because I think it'd come with some fresh perspective. So I, I'm open. I'm open to that. If something that's something you want to tackle in the future, I'm totally with you. So we will we will get that figured out because sure, yeah. we we have a history on this show of kind of turning on a dime and just doing what we feel. And I think that's the way <laughs> that I think that's the way it should be. I don't think it yeah. has to be. I started out with the way I think things should be. And then you came on and then Aaron was with us for a long time and we had different ideas and we turned things around and I think the results were, were good for the vast majority of it. So definitely. Um, so anyway, you have a lot of obviously merch that came from uh, the Godmother whose name I forgot. It was Mary, correct? Mary. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I just, I get bad with names sometimes. That's I okay. apologize. No, no disrespect intended. Um, do, you, do you have a triple? Do you have a triple in this collection? There's no triples. No. No, There's no, no triple. So, so th- these these are kind of nutty because not only are they they're multicolored, which is like, well, who cares? Right. Um, a varying size, but also also app controlled. Yeah. So you can you can you can download yourself a triple app and you can make these little buggers make some triple noises. And I'm do we do we also move though? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Giant silver triple, full triple family. Uh, app-enabled interactive triples. So I assume that just really extends to the point that you can touch them; they'll go coo coo. Or, or <laughs> if you put them too close to somebody you don't like, they're gonna they're gonna squeal. So you'll know if there's a Klingon around. Right? Yeah, you can out people that you don't like as Klingons. You know exactly. Now, do, now, do keep in mind the uh, the the app-enabled interactive triple is that looks like it's the giant one, and it's only uh, an episode of three or a limitation of three hundred. Also, according to the photograph at the beginning of this article, uh, Gorn who wear uh, sweat shirts with their own picture on it also don't like tribbles and could just as likely throw them at you so be cautious i mean if anybody's going to wear a sweatshirt with a picture of themselves on it it would be the gorn so the, the gorn are really very self-serving yeah they, they? Are. they are yeah it's kind of like wearing the 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 t-shirt of the band that you're seeing when you're at the concert <laughs> you know the the 1993's airheads a movie that todd and i can never never oh uh we we can never i enjoyed he hates it but we could i just 
we, we can never come to agreement about it. I don't know. Where do you stand with that movie? Airheads, um, I saw once. I rolled my eyes and I moved on. So Okay. Fair statement. Yeah. No no appreciable feelings about it, I understand. I, I was very into indie film by that point. Um, Understood. I was watching a lot of like Jim Jarmusch and like, you know, Richard Linklater, Kevin Smith, you know, stuff like right. that. So like it didn't sit with me. It didn't hit with me, and I just moved on. So I haven't revisited it since. The uh, the, the 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 spot was not hit. It was irrelevant. It was irrelevant. Well, speaking of, speaking of irrelevance, uh, as we segue into talking about lower decks, um, it's been. I won't even say it's been a wild ride this season. Um, there have been some lows. There have been some some lower than lows. There have been some lows that have gone below that. Yeah. We've kind of gone back up. I kind of enjoyed last week's episode because I thought that it wasn't quite so racy and it wasn't potentially as referential as the one that was before that. But they they literally they literally turned this current episode into your great you know your Billy Joel's greatest hits yeah. double di- double disc yeah. uh, and and they gave it a name that literally says shit and yeah. wow. <laughs> they just they just they just absolutely nailed it this was uh yeah so the crew quick summary yep. the crew has an efficiency expert on board someone who conducts drills a, a previously uh heretofore unknown alien who can split in three parts and that was the gimmick and she kind of dances around a little bit she's you know bipedal so she's not weird not not too different looking um but yeah they take uh you know they they, they have these little holodeck pods that the crew is expected to do drills in. They do a switcheroo where the senior staff becomes the junior staff. The junior staff becomes the command staff. Uh, and it's, it is, it's a great assist. So there's, you know, there's references to specter of the gun. There's references to all the Borg episodes. There's references to the mirror universe. Um, Star Trek three. <laughs> Star, yeah. Star Trek three. Exactly. So, and a lot of that is kind of fine, but to be honest with you, when we, hit the part where they just decided one of the holiday exercises was an orgy. I was like, and I just watched it again with April and I'm like, this is, this is, this is what Rich and I have been talking about. This <laughs> is not, this is not, this is not, or this is not earning its stripes. This is not, no. Oh, the naked Rich, time. I just, I, yeah, I, they, they went right for the naked time and then they, they upped the ante, you know, it's not just, it's not just Tasha Yar, you know, borking uh, data. It's, it's now, you know, literally, what was it? Boimler who was showing everybody his, you know, his, you know, <sighs> the old, and, the old brown, the old winky, right? Starfish there, and know? and then Doctor Tahana crawling all over uh, uh, stacks, stacks, yeah. yeah. And Rich, fortunately, this does answer your question because I caught a glimpse of a human sized, uh, a human shaped boob on her. Okay, the, as she zipped around. So <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm glad that we've got that resolved. I know that it was an it was an issue for you a couple of episodes back. It's I put hope, to rest. Yeah. 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 I hope I hope that makes you feel better. But yeah. Oh my God, dude. It's like I was I was holding out hope. You know, when you and Aaron and I have been talking about this and you're like the potty mouth is just I can't watch this with my kid and it's yeah. a cartoon and I'd like to be able to um, and I was like, well, you know, I don't, I don't have those considerations because it's just April and I here in the house. So we don't really think about that kind of stuff. But, you know, the bleeped out language and then the straight up naked party, it was like, this is, would be more appropriate to something that you just pull Star Trek out of it. I just don't know why this is, I, I, I got one of these why this is happening moments. You know what yeah. I mean? It's very Rick and Morty, which in, in a Rick and Morty setting, I love Rick and Morty. I will laugh sure. at just about anything on that show. But 
it doesn't it, I don't think it translates to Star Trek. Like I don't want we I said this the last time I don't want my peanut butter in my chocolate. I don't want my chocolate in my peanut butter when it comes to Star Trek. It just it has to have I don't know. I just have a certain expectations. It's 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 100% fair. Yeah, and I and especially in contrast with what we're going to talk about to round out the show, which is one of the finest episodes of Deep Space 9. Yeah. Um and which I'm I'm probably going to let you drive the bus more about that cuz you saw it for the first time and you really loved it. I've seen it a thousand times. I would probably have a lot of the same really canned things to say about it and I just don't think that's interesting. So I I would rather hear from you, but yeah, I mean this is this is episode 8 of 10. Uh, for this season. Rich, you're on with me next week, and then you're on vacation, and yep. your soul brother, Paul, is going to yep. be uh, working with me while you're gone, so that's awesome. So yeah, yeah. Ne- next week will be, mercifully, it sounds like, the last episode of Lower Decks that you'll have to watch for potentially a great long while, although I'm sure, yeah, I, I'm sure, and again, you'll come back and see episode 10, and it's not like, oh, this brings everything together. I just, <laughs> I just, I, I, I kind of get cringy thinking about even what episode 9 is going to be like. It's just, are we on the way down, or what was this a was this a bump in the road and then we're gonna st- I just I, I just don't know I just I don't like having a show and certainly not something connected to my beloved Star Trek where I just I have to kind of what it was it's the way that my father described voting hold your nose and push a button you yeah. know <laughs> you know it, 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 it's kind of hold your nose and, and click the remote and turn on lower decks so right yeah I mean like I said they they, they hit this right on the head when they called this episode. Uh, I am I, I comma shit uh, because that was the name that, that was the name of of Boimler's uh, board character at the end. So yeah, excretus <laughs> excretus, which I, I misspelled now, in here. So I, 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 yeah, but I figure I have to make a, a, pl- a play of some kind of that in the title of the show because they really sure. nailed it. But anyway, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I actually enjoyed the fact that Boimler had to go through over and over and over again because he had to get to one hundred percent, and then yeah. his, and then the shtick was he had to fail. Yeah, to save everybody. And his, like, now I don't relate because I'm not one of those people, but I know people like that who are like, it has to be perfect. And, and it just, that made me laugh. So I actually laughed at Lower Decks for the first time, like laughed, like, like with a laugh, not like, not thinking, gee, that's funny. Or gee, that might be amusing. This was an actual laugh. Wow. Yeah. It, it, as I say, even an Android can cry. <laughs> even an Android can cry. Yes, right. That's right. Which, which I remind, that's a Philip K. Dick, right? But I also, it yep. makes me think of the vision from, from the Avengers. Too, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. The vision. So, well, cool. Well, let's move on to something uh, from that uh, that is significantly more powerful. Uh, Rich and I have been talking, and we had a conversation just uh, just before we got the show rolling. Last week, uh, and then several other uh, earlier episodes of, of Infinite Diversity, we talked about episodes from Deep Space Nine. But DS9 is kind of your Trek blind spot in a lot it of is, ways, yeah. Rich, because you've seen, you know, thanks to, you know, your involvement, your involvement with me, but no, your association with the show and then, you know, with the, with, with the Grand Potosky in the chapter, you've seen several episodes of Deep Space Nine, but it's probably down to, you know, probably you've seen maybe 10 or 15 total. Yeah, not a ton. You know, out of, out of 176. So you, there's right. definitely there's definitely a lot more to go. Um, so what Rich and I decided is that, you know, both this week and next week, and again, then he's on vacation uh, uh, from episode uh, 55 on, um, we're going to tackle a top 10 list. And, of course, there are lists, you know, the world is full of lists. So uh, this was a top 10 list that cobbled together of best episodes of DS9. So uh, I picked this one. It's certainly very high. It's, it's t- you know, I don't have the list in front of me, but it's certainly uh, in the top five of that 10 uh but this is season six 
episode 19 in the pale moonlight and rich i will uh, read the summary sure. uh and, th- and then i kind of want to like i said kick it back to you because again i'm the old sod who can be like oh this thing and that thing and oh, right. they, they mentioned the cairo and captain jellico from the uh uh chain of command that was his ship and blah 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 <laughs> so it's just like I, though by that time they mentioned someone else was captain so you could potentially in your head cannon think that jellico moved on to become an admiral then he was part of the new frontier series right that's true think yeah. about that well, because speaking the, of which my godmother's books she has almost every single new frontier book she's missing one that is handle. that is awesome, and that uh, ser- that series has been inactive since about that time. Um, so there's 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 no movement on New Frontier, which is kind of a bummer. So anyway, here's a summary, and then it's going to become it's going to become the Rich Show uh, for the for the most part. Oh no, don't don't get ner- don't get nervous. I mean, while you're gone, and after Paul leaves, I might be doing this show by myself. So I guess I, I guess I, I'm going to take from your example. Uh, so here's a summary with mounting losses in the Federation Dominion War and the specter of defeat. Captain Sisko enlists Garrick's help to persuade, air quotes, uh, the Romulans to join the Federation Klingon Alliance to win the war. However, Sisko soon learns that to save the Federation, he may have to betray the values it stands for. (laughs) My goodness. Yeah. So, okay. So the first thing that I want to talk about is Avery Brooks's performance Mm. in this episode. He, He comes from theater stock. The dude, I mean, he's been doing theater since 1970s. And this, I mean, it's a, it's a monologue, right? I mean, he's, he's giving mm-hmm. his, giving his captain's log, but it effectively is a monologue that strings the entire story together. It, it sews the mm-hmm. entire story together. And he has moments where you can almost picture him doing this on a stage. It is, it is a beautiful performance. It's a nuanced performance. It is probably one of the best performances I've ever seen in a Star Trek episode or movie like ever. Totally. And, and I totally. don't say that lightly. I mean, I've seen a lot of Trek. I mean, like you said, DS9 is kind of my blind spot, but for the most part, I've seen just about everything else. And I just haven't seen anything as good as that. I was, I was floored. I was absolutely floored. I was mesmerized every time he was on screen. And yeah. So, and then the other stuff, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not as familiar with the Federation Dominion War. I know of it. I know, you know, who the belligerents were and all that. Right. It was great, a great and powerful departure that was very controversial uh, at yeah. the time that was happening. That happened from the end of season five uh, through the end of the series. So over two seasons. And there were people who said, well, Gene, it, it, was, it was driven by, in particular, the writing staff, Ron D. Ron D. Moore, who went on to do Battlestar Galactica, that you and I both highly revere. Oh, yeah. But there were people at the time who said, this is not Star Trek. Star Trek is not a war show. It's about exploration. Yep. But the counterpoint of it is, is that it's some of the very greatest Trek. And it's, it's again, it's a huge departure that generated amazing moments like the ones that we're talking about. So yeah. what is there really to complain about? You're right. Gene told stories in a certain way, but that doesn't to, to, to put handcuffs on the franchise and say that that's the only way that stories can be told. That's also very dangerous. Yeah. I think, I think the thing is about DS nine is that, yeah, okay. It's about exploration, uh, Star Trek and as a whole, but DS nine, you're on a space station and I understand right. they have the defiant and they can kind of go off and, you know, there's other things in the wormhole and all that. But for the most part, they're stuck on a space station. We are stuck in that kind of rather small world. Mm-hmm. Of the of the station, and to put the backdrop of a war behind it 
and have it be, I'm, I'm guessing it's an, uh, the, uh, it's, I mean, I know it's an outpost. Is it right? Um, it's on the Cardassian border, right? Is it's that- about, you know, to get fully nerdy on it, it's about six hours from the Cardassian border. So what happened is so pretty close. Yeah. So yeah, the, uh, the Cardassians, 40 years prior to the series went across their existing border and they annexed Bajor and that became their border. And right. then, and then with, you know, the events of the series, they eventually withdrew and they resumed their old border. So Bajor is in a no man's land. It's not, it's not Federation space, but Bajor is not a Federation world. So it is unclaimed space or it's the Bajoran system as it were. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, you give it a whole different meaning. You give it a whole different, um, reason for existing if you put this war behind it do you know what i mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and i really i really enjoyed that i enjoyed that um and i don't want to I'm, I'm obviously going to try and watch all of this now but um things that i i thought were interesting is that i didn't quite see the betrayal coming uh was it garrick that mm-hmm. uh that that set the whole thing up Right, right. He had a plan. Uh, he had a plan the whole time. Right. I, I didn't see that coming. I don't know enough about the Cardassians to really know. Should I have been expecting something? I potentially. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But but when the when the ship blew up, the Romulan um, senator's ship blew up, and they started they started talking about oh the Romulans are going to get into the war. My thought. I I had the it dawned on me at the same time it dawned on, on Cisco. And, you know, it, 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 so that was, that was very, that was pretty powerful. I mean, that was a very powerful moment and man, Avery Brooks does a lot with his eyes, a lot with his face. He's very, he's a very theatrical actor. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just floored by this and I want to see more. So Mm -hmm, I would love to mm -hmm. see, I'm hoping that with what we do, you know, with these uh, these other like greatest hits of DS Nine, I'm going to get to see more of Avery Brooks's uh, acting chops because yeah, he's on. He he really was, and it's funny because he's one of the the few actors that has no association with Star Trek anymore, and is he's had I think he's had some some kind of mental health issue since the show went off the air. I think he might've mm. had some legal issues as well. So I don't, uh-huh. I don't know. I'd have to dig a little bit deeper, but I completely agree with you. He was there. There are people that hold his performance and his character up against the rest of the leading men and women and aliens that made up, you know, leading, leading Star Trek series, because he really delivered, I would say in a lot of ways, uh, that Sonequa Martin-Green as uh, Michael Burnham really brings a close second because she is an actor's actor. And I learned a long right. time ago that there are some some female act, some female individuals that do not like to be referred to as an actress. So I try to simply say actor when sure. I'm talking yeah. about. So so as an actor, I feel like right up there with Avery Brooks, she really she really brings it. Definitely. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. No, actress is kind of a, a, a term of a bygone era so actually yeah, just in agreed. general is, is the best way to you know right to address people when it right exactly exactly so yeah there were a lot, there were a lot of bits and pieces in this that you know they port they portrayed romulans in a certain way and the romulans were had been seen as smattering of times they got 
I think exhibited more in TNG than they ever did in TOS. And the reason for that is that uh, I think I read a quote once that said, "Why do we see the Romulans? More? Why do we see the Klingons more than the Romulans?" It says the Romulans we threw a coat of pa- or the Klingons we threw a coat of paint on them and gave yeah. them a sash. With the Romulans, it was all the ears. We couldn't afford the ears because everything about everything about TOS was was about money because right. they their budget just kept getting cut and cut. Like I said, and there's one of the few shows out there that you know it was canceled three times and it took that third time to be the charm that it stuck. Yeah, um, that it finally happened. So so we hadn't had a ton of development about. Romulans, but they're the, you know, the absolute, absolute photo negative of the Vulcans, you know? Yeah. So they're, yeah, duplicitous in a lot of ways, just like the Cardassians. And so this, that, that, that was an interesting balance for me as well. Yeah. The Romulans have always been kind of an interesting, well, because they're, like you said, mirror image of the, the, the Vulcans, they are a dichotomy with them, right? Like mm-hmm. there's, you know, they embrace their, their emotions. They embrace their warlike right. you know, ways and that sort of thing. And the, you know, the Vulcans of course, you know, shun emotion and that sort of stuff. But, but we did, we didn't really get to see a lot of them. I think the most I'd ever seen of them was in TNG with the right. navigation stuff, right. With Spock right. and all that. So, I mean, they've always been kind of a mystery to me. So having them in this, having them involved with this to this point, pretty cool. I mean, it, they're not a new species to me, but they're not a well-known species, that's for sure. Right, right. And, yeah. you know, as, as we know, what's unknown is only temporarily hidden. That was a quote from Captain Kirk. Yeah. Um, so we learned more about it. So, yeah, one of the great episodes. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, it really did... Uh, set the tone for um, the episode that we're going to talk about next week, which is much more heavily involved with things related to the war and yeah. things related to the Romulans. And then something that you learned a little bit about watching uh, discovery, which is section 31. Right. Um, yeah. So, and, and the actual Genesis of it and the fact that the, the main character uh, of section 31 is a character named Sloan played by the fantastic William Sadler in the, in the 1990s, really, really oh, in his wow. prime. Really in his prime. So you're really going to okay. enjoy that. So Perfect. yeah, ne- next week we will be discussing, and I'm going to screw up the name of it, uh, Intim Ara Silent Legis. That is not the correct name of it. But you know what? You will hear all about it next week. Okay. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's really quite excellent. So any, any parting thoughts before we wrap it up? Well, I, I like that they, I like that the story, and I think this is a Ron Moore trademark he kind of tries to tie it to something historically that will i don't know but i don't know if evoke evoke emotion is the right term but kind of set the scene you know what i mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it feels mm-hmm. a lot like you know there, there's there's talk that you know higher ups in the u.s military knew that pearl harbor was going to happen and they allowed right. it to happen to allow right. them to get into the war the gulf of tonkin Mm-hmm. Uh, attack. There was a there was a purported um, attack by a U.S. Uh, naval vessel. No, excuse me. It was on a naval vessel. It was the North Vietnamese allegedly attacked a U.S. naval vessel that allowed us to escalate in Vietnam or allowed them to escalate in Vietnam. And that's what this felt like to me. And I think that that's what he was going for. I think mm-hmm. Ron Moore is a, is kind of an expert when it comes to giving us something that seems familiar but setting it in well in you know a fantastical world like right. uh, like Star Trek or Battlestar Galactica so exactly I, yeah I, I appreciated that I appreciated that it, it, for me 
allegory is uh, uh, science fiction is all about allegory. If it's good science fiction, it's got Correct. allegory. So, right. Yeah. So not not lower decks. <laughs> not lower decks. No. Oh my goodness. Well, cool. Well, I am. I'm really gratified that you enjoyed it. And like I said, DS9 for me. While I cut my teeth on TNG and I love, you know, the very cut and dry of the Starfleet officers, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know, Commander Riker, Captain Picard, Worf, the, whatever it is. It's, it's, it is the, the varying shades of gray of the DS nine characters that I think makes it the most enduring series. And the one that just kills me that it's not in high definition because, mm-hmm. uh, because it, it doesn't have the popularity of TOS and TNG. Yeah. So, Somebody, somebody out there doesn't feel that there's money to be made. So <laughs> I, I, I know not of such things. I will continue uh, to enjoy it on its crackle in its crackly uh, standard definition goodness for as, <laughs> as long as I still have eyeballs. I will still yeah. watch it. Absolutely the, well, you it. know, that it makes it hard when you're watching it on a high def TV. When, yeah. when you see every little, every little imperfection uh, right. in the film, in the film grain or in the video grain, I guess we got to say. Yeah. Oh, very true. Uh, shot in the film, but, exactly. Um, but yeah, maybe someday they'll maybe someday they'll remaster it. I hope so. When discs are a thing of the past. Sorry, Rich. Don't mean to scare Ooh, you. Ooh, Ooh don't do that. Never, man. See, look, vinyl is coming back. So it, Oh, yeah. Well, a track tapes will be next. Really? Oh, God. For, maybe oh, God. VHS. Oh my God. Well, uh oh, that's the uh that's the wrap of the show. So Rich, do the do that thing that you do, Scooby Doo. All right. Well, for more information about Starfleet International, please visit the USS Grand Petoskey and Region 13 on Facebook. All right. Nice and simple, friends. Thank you, as always, for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trekking. Keep on trekking, indeed. I don't I don't have I don't have an outro for this one. I oh, that works I'll just for me. Steal yours. <laughs> keep on trekking times two. Code 47 is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit SecretFriendsUnite.com for our great shows, articles, news, reviews and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, or the podcast platform of your choice. If you would like to be part of the conversation, visit our new Discord server, or join us on Facebook, or follow us at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends on YouTube, and don't forget to visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.